Hi. Hello. Hi, everybody. Are you... Step on... Come in. I think I did this in the last time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were coming in. Like step on my tummy. No, no, come, come right. Careful. Look, look out for the, look out for the dog. Is that a dog? What is that? Nope. It's just a, it's just a sentient pile of hair. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Close the door. Push the hair outside. Hi. Welcome. Welcome everybody to what is it again? The story bizarre. Mm -hmm. I guess this would be story bizarre. Uh, this is uh, officially. I actually, I actually was toying around with the idea. Yeah. Well, last summer we did call them all Story Bazaar Road to Redemptions. I've been toying with the idea, like, should we, for this, since it's familiar at this point, should we nick Story Bazaar and just call it Road to Redemption, colon, and yeah. then the... I'm about yeah, it. This is just Road to Redemption. I, I, I feel that. like Story Bazaar, we should cut it clean like, here, put yeah. one of those, you know, the boop thing. You know, you know. <laughs> yeah, the beep. Yeah, <laughs> put that in there, and then... Hi, again. Hello. Hi. Uh, welcome to Road to Redemption 1.5, the winding path. <gasps> what? Or should we make it one and a half, like Lion King one? I'm gonna stab some The sick. <laughs> the winding path. Life. I love it. Anyway, we are sort of doing a. I didn't even think about this, but 1.5. If you take the point out, 15. You know, it's and it's 15 Ooh. years later. Yeah, exactly. So we're doing sort of the uh, this is our tentative, but it's actually canonically like relevant filler arc for the 15 year time skip that we did. I don't know if we put that to wax. I think filler as more of a definition filling in like yeah, filling in, not filler yeah, in the like colloquial. Yeah, no. no, 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 not like in the anime sense of like you can skip this and you'll still get not the story. as in no, the beach like, episode. This is like the beach is not it, filler. Fuck you. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> people love to say that like like the beach episode is filler. In Dude, Avatar: I'm... Last Airbender, the beach episode is explicitly not filler. Yeah, it is. It's almost like they do that as like a joke too. To be for fair, the villains and humanizing and so that, the villain characters. Man, to be fair, the and great so the Avatar story is different. Filler. The Avatar story is different. You get it doesn't nerds need going filler. and you can't say You said the anything. beach episode. I know exactly what you fucking meant. Come no, on. not that one. Come on. No, no, no. Come we'll on. Talk about big titty beach episodes. Come on. Come on. Tyler, you're very <laughs> Come on. Anyway, speaking <laughs> Come of. On. So speaking of that, we literally are filling in sort of like without playing traditional d and I'm kind of doing a little bit of a play off of the uh, Powered by the Apocalypse Dice system where it's just D6s and a new character sheet based off of uh, one, two, three system that I've done off of kind of their characters, sort of overall stats in their D and D stuff and their personality stuff for my own sort of thing. So they didn't have any hand in this, but we're going to be using the system. I'm doing mostly sort of like a role play based thing. I'm like, I'm, we're, I'm hoping like if there is combat, like it'll, the dice roll will tell us if the combat was a win or a loss, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And I'll be briefly touching on some stuff from the past uh season of road to redemption but if you have not already listened to that go back and go back and do what that. are you doing here please go back please. why are you here this isn't for you but if you have i will say the up, road to redemption episodes are some of our more downloaded episodes so a lot of people mm -hmm. have listened to those but if you a lot if, of our listeners have, i should say but if you haven't already uh i got a, i got a few sort of things here that i'm gonna run through uh this will be a semi choose your own adventure 
meets relationship forging uh, with various characters and groups of the world. So, like, basically, uh, if you've ever played a JRPG, there's the downtime where you're in sort of like the city and you go have noodles with your friend and you learn a little bit more about your friend and your bond gets a little closer. But I'm trying to stay away from bond because I don't want this to feel too much like the... Uh, adventure zone stuff because that's not what this is it's my own sort of thing within my own world and i want to keep it sort of that way like it's it, the, the the stuff's available for everyone to make their own game off of it so it's not like you know beholden to them anyway uh from here on uh fr from mad scientist wizards to blood spewing parasitic dragon a mold menace that turn uh, uh, and a mold menace that's turned family the three of you have not only made a name for yourselves but earned a bit of time out of the limelight and focus and everything that could be important to you the rate of success is based on like i said a 2d6 plus these different skills that i have allocated which are uh mind body and soul so mind being like your analytical intelligence and maybe like magic based stuff so looking at you carveth uh, or not carveth jesus christ uh Kornoth. Uh, then we have body, which is like the brawn, bravery, sort of like intimidated and kind of machismo stuff. And then we have soul, which I know that doesn't seem like this, but it's like the your more personable things, and your and your uh, your sort of persuasion and intimidation kind of things, and like relationship building stuff. So like if you if you meet an npc and like you want them to train you you're going to roll some brawn but maybe if you want to have like a heart to heart with them during that training session you'll roll soul or if you're trying to use magic to try and dupe them you know like the system's pretty simple uh the you just tell made, us what to do and we'll do it exactly decisions made here no matter the size weight or success will have some sort of significant impact so be mindful of what you're doing and uh i think from here like I said, it's it's sort of picking up like right after uh, the events, uh, like maybe that first year after the events of uh, Road to Redemption, and uh, we see uh, we we come to a scene of restuary uh, workers moving through uh, Siegfried's old base. This giant black diamond made out of these cubes of this ever shifting black material, almost opalescent kind of coloration uh as they're moving certain artifacts they haven't quite cleared everything out because it's not fully been a year this is like somewhere in the midst of that and they come upon a room uh nearing his quarters and getting into this area was a bit tough but having the mass that you all gave them got them through certain clearance but when it came to his quarters they were unsuccessful in uh opening it with that sort of clearance level key so after a while of prying they broke into his inner sanctum and found the typical sort of like leavings of a mad scientist with like a cot in the corner haphazard notes and letters and things but the thing that caught their eye was a small room with a black drawn curtain and as they walked to the back of this room it was sort of like a inner sanctum treasury a place where Siegfried kept things out of the prying eyes of those he maybe worked with or even his children and uh to the very back of that room almost drinking in the light of the area given off by the various sort of tubes and pipes and wirings throughout this base is a stone slab that seems to have been moved with the stone it was sort of uncovered in itself left sort of half uncovered and 
they begin to take photographs and document these things, but one of the workers steps forward to examine it closer and to try and continue the excavation process that Siegfried seemed to have not continued. And in that instant, everyone within the base falls unconscious. Some days pass and they wake up in restuary, in their bunks, in their cots. Fine. No visible or even magical leavings of like any traces of any harm done to these people or these workers, even Kama and Hadan, two of the head people as well as the headmaster of the Guild of Restuary, found themselves unconscious as well as this person passed some sort of threshold, maybe a failsafe of Siegfried's, they're not sure. But all they have were the pictures and few brief notes that they had taken on the room and the various artifacts in there. And upon returning to Siegfried's base later that week, after assessing that they were physically and sort of magically fine, they found that the base itself was sealed. Completely impenetrable. There is no even leaving of a door. And this is both concerning and fascinating to the guild at large as this rumor spreads of this slab and what they see in some of the photos and Kornoth, you would have a little bit of clearance and probably be in the room as they talked about this. I don't know how much you would have sort of stepped in during that time because you guys were kind of given sort of like, not a leave of like, like, you know what I mean? Like a leave of absence, but they were like, hey, take a break. You guys did a world saving event. Maybe vacation. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. You guys paid for this good deed. If you want to go do like minor guild work, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But any of this major stuff we'll kind of handle from here. But they bring you in and they show you this slab. And I think I think they would probably invite your teammates as well in on this, because what they found was a bit strange. Uh, You remember a bit seeing this blown up on a sort of uh, screen similar to the Arclight tablet, but a lot larger. nearing the uh, well of arc light a very powerful magical artifact that is at the center of restuary itself and the screen is sort of projected off of this orb of pure arcana as they pull up this image and it is a stone slab beset in uh, chunks of roughly carved out stone quickly and maybe haphazardly pulled away from where it was and nearing the top of it you see a very familiar symbol and a symbol that you got brief information from from uh eldrick's friend zeknog uh, the eye, the eye that is the key that they were using, the eye that has been kind of vaguely on clothing of people working for Siegfried and things like that. Uh, but it is, it, it, it's in a different placement as it, it, it almost looks less like an eye in this in that the veins in sort of rune-like structure stretch out like branches. And then that's when you see the base of what looks like a tree in the ground and its roots are many carvings of those same sort of runic patterns going downward and each of those branches and each of those runes are penetrating sort of a divot or like a carving into this stone slab that look purposefully like made but not for something to necessarily slot in but where these branches and these roots begin to sort of almost seem to 
overgrow. Uh, they are penetrating these different uh, carvings. And around these carvings, the runes are different. And these runes show uh, varying symbols of, if any of you uh, know primordial, if any of you speak primordial. If not, you could roll in a, uh, you could roll a mind, you could roll me a mind check real quick if you want to see if you can get something off of this. So the check goes uh, one to six is a failure. Uh, seven to 10 is like a minor success. Oh no, seven to nine is a minor success. And then 10 and above is a total success. So I got a seven. That's fine. That's a minor success. Would you say either of my swords, my friends can speak primordial? Um, are you assuming your swords are sentient? I don't, they definitely yeah, are. I, I mean, <laughs> they, they, they are, but I don't believe that I gave them any Anything. extra languages because okay. yes. I think they were just level one characters because yeah, they were meant to be something else later. Oh, if so, Kornoth uh, has the spell uh, comprehend languages, oh. can he just use that to read it? <laughs> in this context i would say no just because okay. we're not okay. necessarily playing yeah. it in that way but I, I i'd say you can roll you can roll a one if you get a one on one of those dice you can re-roll it so we all Flying get by roll? the seat of my pants on this yeah if you want to you okay. don't have to i'll roll fuck it it can be either like a like a oh fuck you <laughs> <laughs> I just rolled two dudes. <laughs> oh, great. Love it. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's fine. I, I feel like as they, as you're looking ten. up through this. Ten, oh, shit. Ten? Yeah. Yeah, no. You you notice right away that. 2d6, right? The, yeah, 2d6 yep. plus yep. your mind. Uh, you, you notice that each of the symbols uh, or the runes around these different uh, sort of indentions on the slab are uh, are different planes of existence. Oh, god damn. And there's one nearing the very top of where it's sort of the branches sort of kind of arc into a point that is uh, what you can see as our home dimension, Celeterra. And above that plane, as the branches are sort of piercing or, or, or not above it, but like the plane is above the branches are piercing and amongst those branches is a uh, a groove of this otherworldly black glass that you all recognize as the same material made out of Siegfried's his lair lair yes and it's it's not just like a spilt you know happenstanced thing as you look in the sort of scan, uh, scan through this sort of slideshow of these pictures they have more detailed pictures uh of this and it is a coiled entity of some kind a spiraling sort of almost like conch or like shell like mm. pattern like like a spiral just yeah flat sort of t- on a, like a two like a surface. magic conch and at its base going up towards the portal and sort of spilling out into a few of the runes is that same black material uh, and there is a face, a crude sort of like many-eyed face with a split seam down the center. Oh, God. And there's other engravings along the edging of it that, that speaks of the dangers of... And it's it's sort of like roughly like... It's roughly like clean, so it's not like all... 
a full sentence. You see, you see world and there's a break and there's branch and there's a break. Timberman break and worm, but not like the fantasy dragon worm. Like I don't want people to get confused, but like literal like W-O-R-M. Yes. And, and that's when you notice nearing the base of the tree at the roots, there are these sort of almost like, I, I, I don't know a way to describe it other than like, you know how when you see like a corpse in like a coffin or like a sarcophagus, these figures uh, that are like sort of featureless with large axes with runes carved in the axes, but not in the figures themselves. They're the only thing sort of not necessarily dressed in the runes that make up the rest of these sort of slab and they are sort of aligned at the bottom uh kind of like like almost like statuesque like chessboard pieces and uh kama and a couple of the other people sort of share glances after you all kind of take this information in and kama kind of clears her throat and she's like i will be honest i don't know what any of this means <laughs> i have Absolutely zero clue outside of the fact that it's been a week and we woke up here. We took pictures, you know, we took notes of what we saw with our eyes, but whatever happened can't be good. So, yeah, that, that beats me. Cornoth, uh, do you have any, any idea what about any of this? I would say it is uh, good for nightmare material. Uh, for sure. What what I will say for is sure. not to not to keep things vague for lack of trying, but we know this symbol, and she holds up the cracked mask that they have been using as a makeshift key, no longer works on the base. It didn't work on his room, and maybe when we broke in, we tripped something. Maybe approaching the slab did something. We don't know. But whatever this is, is a powerful enough magic to kickstart his base one last time and lock us out, I guess. But there is, there is no coincidence in that the material that is on this very slab is the same material he had been working with. This, uh, and she flips through a couple of panels on her arc like tab, this black uh, blood, as they'd mentioned. He had been creating life with it, apparently creating structures with it. Uh, we have a few gems with it. Uh, yeah, uh, well, perhaps that is a part of it. Uh, I just assumed it might have been a magical thing outside of it. Is there traces of the blood? And she's swiping through to the reports on the shards that they had recovered for you to make the whole gem. And she's, he doesn't really go into too much detail as to whether or not it was corrupted by this, but there are traces of abyssal magic. So you could be very well onto something. Uh, this I, I is just, all, the, the man feel, felt like a one trick pony to me. So I just definitely. And the more troubling thing is, uh, he is super dead though. Right. The, We're sure of that. So that's, I'm okay, that's we're just not it. sure. That that is another thing too. 
we had moved his body as well as a few of the artifacts, but not everything out of his uh, uh, base. And we had a sort of makeshift camp setting things up as we were moving things and cataloging what you hadn't already cataloged for us. Uh, the only problem is in the week span of us uh, you know, losing consciousness and uh, waking up back here in Restuary, which we are still trying to understand. Uh, none of the artifacts we moved were taken, but his body did disappear. Okay, that's... And yeah, this that is, sounds about right. No, that's probably and this fire, is where the troubling news is. We don't know if it were this uh, Bagan fellow that he was working with that may have had something to do with this, or maybe even his children, uh, the experiments he had... Uh, made with the abyssal blood, but you remember the uh, you'd mentioned uh, when you were doing a scan, Bugnacious, of his base when you had started the plot to kill him, that there was a powerful source of this abyssal magic. Well, we found it before this sort of break in the timeline, if you will, and we believe that the imagery we are seeing here on the slab is beginning to happen whatever this means whatever this is which is not his plot it's is it a prophecy it, it would appear so and it seems he tried to kickstart it by uh tainting this branch of the world tree that had broken through into our world and this black blood as we know it is the rotting sap of one of the most powerful, I wouldn't say artifacts, uh, structural pieces of reality itself. The world tree, it reaches us not physically how it is now. It's not supposed to do that. We, this is known knowledge as the Timbermen are sort of demigod-like beings that live within the spirit realm where the world tree is located, its actual base. And they cut back the roots and beat back the branches to stop these tears into our world and many other planes. And sort of, to suffice it to say, I believe he knew long before the events of our world that caused us to come here to the never-ending darkness, that there was something happening. Yeah. And he used the chaos of the events that happened to get closer and have first go at it. And I don't know what he did, but it set in motion something very ominous. We will be doing more research on the photos we have, but we have to find a way to get physically back there to uncover more of it, maybe some sort of plan, but that is not your responsibility. We just wanted to bring you all in as you were the closest to everything happening here. You um, still are free to. What is, is Jean Han with us? Uh, I, I don't know. Would Jean Han be with you? Uh, uh, Kornath? Yeah. I mean, I, I would bring him. I would assume whether, would whether or not think, he wants to go yeah. is a different does question. Any yeah, no, either, this, does any of this does he I don't respond so the, in any kind of way to I think I think he's kind of just like you, you see him sort of worried 
with no 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 not yeah. bland just like whatever blank yeah. face but i think he does have like a sort of confused worry as like he can see everybody is sort of a yeah. bit tense from the situation and uh he doesn't necessarily seem to have like a flash over his eyes of like i recognize these things or this yeah. stuff he he's uh he he kind of sort of maybe motions to you Cornoth. he's like is this uh was this the 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 dragon that you fought the 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 dragon no, no, no. is this picture? way bigger, way bigger. Uh, the dragon. This is. No, no, no. The dragon was way bigger. Uh, this is Cornoth oh. boasting. It's not true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's eating it up. No, I don't. There's no need to roll for that. I don't think because that's like. He like for all intents and purposes, he's kind of looking up to you like a big brother situation. Mm-hmm. So he's just kind of like, "Oh, that's well, this should be no no problem." If oh no, whatever this weird not. snail worm shows up from a tree, or I'm I'll be honest, I don't know a lot of this. I don't know a lot of a lot. I but... would be honest, Gina, and I was about to ask you. This is all going right over my head too. I wanted to see if you're... if I I I know. And he kind of, you see him nervously kind of twiddle his thumbs and kind of look down at his hands. He's like, um, I know I uh, have some part of whatever, y- you know, uh, that was or is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ain't never seen that rock. <laughs> He's being the most earnest possible about that. Like, I don't, no, I mean. Yeah, listen, I... S- I've seen bugs. I've seen trees. Uh, I've seen holes. We don't call them bugs. I'm just, I think I know. Oh, and he looks. <laughs> and he looks over at, at Bugnacious. I'm so. I'm so sorry. I didn't. You, I meant you like don't, the, You don't need to apologize. Like Gene insects, Hunt, like not like amalgamation of God knows what. Yeah, I'm literally. <laughs> My cousin weird. says I'm made out of mold and like three guys. You're like two kind of a leech and like kind it, of mold. Like you're. Molded, oh yeah, and I'm also that three dragon. Guys is like the lowest estimate. It's possible are there's kind more of bugs. in there. Hmm. You know, I. It's mostly if fine. I can help in any way, yeah. even if it's just my body, because you guys do all these experiments and tests. You know, whatever. I'm down. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> he just kind of <laughs> smiles, and Kama just that is it is refreshing to see sort of some calm in this but again we've got a lot of work on our plate this is not for you three for four uh to trouble yourself with at this moment when we can get back within sort of a physical physical proximity of the slab in the in the uh the base we will we will see if we need more assistance maybe with you all but for now uh just keep your arc light tablet on you uh Kornoth. You're free to come and go as you please. Uh, we will probably be in the lower levels if you should find yourself down there. You know where we are. Uh, Hadan will be running things here at Bayside if you need anything while I and a team of uh, some of our more Arcana-based Arcana and inclined students come with me to see if we can't futz around with that base and get that door back open. Um, feel free to... Yeah, fuck off. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm quite stressed, and if that I'm being honest, that was an inspiring honest, speech. I uh, <laughs> I feel inspired. I just to... I I 
No, I'm, I'm being genuine. That was great. If I can be, I, and she <laughs> and she sort of takes these small uh, goggles that she had kind of pressed on the root, on on her forehead off and sets them on the table, and you can see there's like a obvious ring of like dirt and sweat <laughs> from her having recently woken sure. up after having been doing all this archaeology shit, and she kind of puts a her elbow on the desk and she shuts the slideshow off. You, I don't. I know you all as far as I can tolerate Kornoth on a day-to-day basis. And he lives here. <laughs> uh, but you managed to save what little of our world we have left uh, for relatively nothing but uh, congratulations so far. I mean, we did pay you for the, uh, the main portion of the mission because you brought back and she kind of you don't see this but like she thinks back to the fucked up gene pod that you guys definitely wheeled back that y'all asked to be bringing and it's, it's definitely just a picture <laughs> of all four of you guys doing like a, <laughs> in front of a fucked up like spewing pink liquid and sparks like broken glass gene pod and she's just like yeah and yeah. just you hear the, as she sends you the money over in that moment and she just you know and you you got shit done whether or not you you want that to be a thing that you're capable of, you you've proven yourselves to be, and it's just nice to have someone who can, I don't know, follow an order, then not follow that order, then really not follow that order, then fully follow that order <laughs> at the end of it all. Look, if you call us, if you want results, not exactly for you and know. between you and me. Uh, restuary, restuary is has this air of oh we're so prim and proper and we keep track of all this stuff. I've been doing this for a while, like since I've been down here. That's just been what I've I've had a clipboard almost surgically attached to my hand at this point. I I'd love a break, but there is no rest for people who uncover spooky things in the ground. So hey, we are going to go continue to uncover these spooky things. You guys take as much time as you need as as things progress you will know when we know uh we just wanted you to know that we might need uh potentially to save the world because there was a crazy scientist who you killed congratulations that part's so great well i'm busy but for the next 15 he... years so and it's like the fucking like clueless ass beach guitars like and it's the title winding path okay so let's get into the actual mean potato i just wanted to know that's a bit of story and let y'all kind of touch great. it but I like that's it. foreshadowing for some stuff coming up in the i'm intrigued anyway so after that pressing sort of foreshadowing ass news mm-hmm. uh You've got was actually you, Boognatius. So I, I kind of three. I have three options for you, but I would like to hear if you have something in mind. So, Alandi, God, I keep doing that. I'm used to I saying did, uh, I did it Alandi, too. Uh, it's okay, <laughs> Jeremy. It's okay, I and see. I. It's been a while. Wrong universe. Jeremy and I uh, talked recently because Boognatius, the whole road to redemption thing kind of was a little directionless. I didn't really have a set like character arc I wanted him to go on, some sort of motivation, really. His whole thing was that he was kind of an outcast because 
of his upbringing with the hive and all that and Mm -hmm. was kind of a loner that found a group that he felt like he belonged in like that kind of classic thing so i think what i had in mind originally was that at least in the first period after this past adventure at the very least at first i think that he was a little afraid to not afraid that's not quite the right word but he wasn't looking forward to the group splitting up and i think he wanted to just mostly just assist uh kornoth and gene han on restoring their um family their ancestry and like their the mission that they're on he really wanted to continue working with them um i think as this time period progressed i think he kind of realized that he can't just spend all of his time work like Mm -hmm. worrying about uh Kornoth specifically he needed to kind right, of right. find his own thing and I think if you're cool with it I think I want Bugnacious to kind of form a new posse like a <laughs> oh, secondary okay, yeah. posse like no, these are sure. these That's... are his main homies obviously <laughs> mm-hmm. but I kind of picture have, uh... him wanting to find another like a couple more people to form mm-hmm. a new posse of those kinds Do of outcasts yeah, do you have a place in mind, like a idea? Because we, uh, a thing we didn't really touch on too much. There is a tavern in uh, Rest, uh, not Rest, Redemption okay. called the Hole. Yeah, where uh, people hang out. It's kind of like a more like, for lack yeah. of a better term, a hole in the wall sort of spot where so like I yeah I I would say outcasty kind of types hang out. Would you like to go there? or Would you like to go like in the wilds or so something? So like I kind of pictured us. Um, kind of more roaming like the middle levels. So we're not like okay. in the like in the th- in the shit. You know, we're not in the deep. You know, really yeah, scary yeah. stuff. But we're in those like middle levels where like shit can pop off. But you also might find mm-hmm. like civilians here who might get caught off yeah, guard by think, something. Like we want to think like uh, be kind of like patrolmen, but not like police so, patrolmen. <laughs> so know. it's. I was just about to ask. Are you going to make not, friends not with those that. lizard so riders? Is Kornoth and Jinhan, are they with you with this? If that's no, cool so I wanted to. Oh, okay. I wanted to spend the first couple years kind of latched on to Kornoth because I mm-hmm. felt like I had to. Like I, I finally found people that were like my mm-hmm. people that I didn't want to let go of that. And as the years progressed, I think I kind of realized that I can form multiple mm-hmm. relationships and find more people you know right yeah no okay i think i think yeah i think uh after especially after the events that you guys kind of partook in and everything going on uh there's a bit more of a like effort to make a sort of less of the a necessity to you everybody needing to use the grand lift and more of like infrastructure like not quite roads right but like there's like more pathways and you'll see like a few guard patrols of like some of the booglin that do guard each of the layers as uh we had established and uh a few other just adventures kind of rolling by here and there and almost like a think like a, a trail in a park meets like a uh, 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 like the sidewalk nearing a highway as you see some of the uh, some people riding on like uh, various large spiders and like kind of insectoid kind of like means of transportation and some of the uh, uh, what I'm calling now do gloss riders which are the people who ride the gecko mole uh, and they kind of zip by 
D-E-W-G-A-L-S, Douglas. And, and the, the Douglas riders, they don't necessarily stick to the trails because of the way that the Douglas work. And you can see some of them zip up the walls and are kind of doing spin outs as they're going. And you are sort of amongst this hustle and bustle and kind of passing by a few little like camps and things and not quite like any cities proper. There's like a few small villages if you continue to venture out. But uh, what is it that you are trying to specifically accomplish right now? Like what is... So by by that, do you mean like pre me forming my group, like while I'm just oh, or after yeah, I form yeah, my are group? You, do you want to like approach any of these like small, like there's, like I said, there's a few adventure parties, like getting, setting yeah. out as well on these trails and stuff. You see a couple of the riders like taking off or getting on. So their I think gloss. that I am, I think that Bugnacious is mostly kind of like offering help to people and more like, like if i meet someone that it feels right then it's mm-hmm. then it's right then you know like i'm not like looking like handing out flyers be like forming a new posse form, no i know, know what I mean? so so you're looking you're looking for some some people who look like they're in need of like some kind of help okay i get it yeah so not I even just would... in not even just in need of help but like people Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, no I think this is perfect I think you kind of like not to play into it but you you stick out a little bit too because you've got the Vanta skin on yeah. the uh, which you've learned through research with uh, Restuary is the name of the living armor that you acquired in Siegfried's base and I think as you sort of are like nervously kind of not like nervous in that like you're like jittery or anything like that but you're like you're, you're stepping out on your own yeah. and kind of doing your own thing and like you said you're kind of closed off you can see the sort of star like patterns in the suit kind of like shifting and like less vibrant to kind of help calm like not not necessarily calm you down but like draw less attention to you it's like the suit sort of reacting yeah. to you kind of like okay i'm just trying to blend in i'm just trying to kind of get across and you see as you're uh making your way uh uh, there is actually a Dugloss rider and a uh, half elf uh, person. You can't quite tell. They have uh, their hair up in a tight purple, like a like almost like periwinkle, like light purple bun. And uh, the Dugloss rider is a, another female that's a uh, half orc who's like really stocky, and she's kind of feeding the Dugloss a handful of what looks like these like mealworms covered in some sort of like chalky like dust. Like the, but they're like huge, sort of like fantasy meal. Like mealworms, but like fantasy. Yeah, like just big, fat, chunky, like Timon. I, I was Timon thinking like Timon and Pumbaa ass, <laughs> yep, fucking grubs. worms. And and she's sort of feeding the new glass, and they're having a conversation, and they're kind of having a conversation to themselves as they're. Um, as they're looking at over a map and you can see they're both kind of packing things up from like what appears to be the remnants of a camp and they notice you kind of off on the trail and they're like, uh, the, the, the rider kind of stops as she's feeding, uh, the Douglas. Holy shit. You look like the vacuum of space. I have not seen the sky in so long. This is, what are you? Who are, Hello. And her friend who was reading the map kind of, you you can't just bombard people <laughs> with questions and pointing immediate things out that you see about them. No, like, that's, that's stuff you keep in your brain. That's, <laughs> that's, that's quite all right. It, I, and, and she folds up her map. She's like, sorry, sorry about my eager friend. It's just, I, I, 
I, I take it that might have off put you a little bit. We're a little off put ourselves, as you can see. We're a if bit. if you knew some of the uh, the cats I've spent some time around, uh, you you gotta have thicker skin than that and in the, these parts. And yeah, and and, and, and when she cool turns, you know, the, uh, the Dugloss Rider, uh, a lot of them all wear these sort of like not wingsuits, but like these like kind of like almost like a. a like a skydiver suits with like the wings underneath the arms yeah. in case they fall off when they're like up in the air on the thing. And she turns and she's got this like big braid of like, uh, like red and black hair kind of hanging down over one shoulder. And she's got these like goggles that are clearly made out of whatever the beast is that makes up these wingsuits over her eyes. And she kind of lifts it up to these like really bright green eyes. And she's just like, did you say you hang out with cats? That's fucking cool. Well, no. Do you adventure with no, these cats? No, it's, it's, so, sorry. No, she, I, like, co- uh, colloquial. Sorry, she, like, I, sorry about my friend. She tends to take a lot of things pretty literally. Uh, uh, I'm no, uh, it's like a I, dragon I, I, guy and like a like a giant. I think. Oh, Eldrick sneezes. It's like a giant dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere. Eldrick sneezes. She's like, I'm. I'm so sorry. We've been chatting it up this whole time. I'm. Uh, I, I, I'm Shelby, and this is uh, the, the, this very literal one here next to me feeding our Dugloss is uh, is uh, uh, shit. I gotta come up with a good name for this one. Damn. I'm gonna say Olga. Olga. Olga and Shelby, yeah. Which one is which? Olga is the Olga is the tall, uh, the 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 tall half orc that was feeding the Dugloss, and Shelby is the one that was reading the map with the purple bun. Uh, well, it's it's nice to meet you, Shelby and Olga. Uh, name's Lil Crumb. Uh, who 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 we got here? Oh, this this is uh, th- uh this is Ironsides. And she kind of pats him, and you see the pattern on the side where she actually pats him is like a more dull gray. You can kind of tell this Dugloss is a little older than some of the other ones. And she's like, "Yep, this was my uh, this is my older brother's." And uh, before we went out on our adventuring stuff for the first time, he was like, "Why don't you take uh, Why don't you take old Ironside with you?" And so it's just been us. He's now a family man, so he's not doing adventuring anymore. May, uh, <laughs> and, may I? And I ask if I can pet. Uh... Mm-hmm. Ironsides, and as you, yeah, she, please go ahead, and as you, as you put your hand up to pet, uh, the uh, the Dugloss, your suit reacts to that and sort of separates the suit away from your actual physical hand, and Very you cool. touch this sort of, almost like, it, it, it's, it feels like similar to like feathers in a weird way, in that like they're like very delicate, but like they're like hard in certain points towards the. Yeah. Uh, towards the base of them and it's like this downy green that kind of fades into this gray and he's very warm to the touch six legs and you can kind of see those little treads just constantly spinning at like a low speed as he just sits stationary there on the bottom of his little feet kicking up a little yeah. dust and he's got kind of like a piggish sort of snout with a little horn at the uh, base of his nose and he just kind of he doesn't like brush up into you or anything but he kind of hip bumps you away from him like i'm eating leave me alone yeah <laughs> and gives and gives sort of a that that definitely make, makes me chuckle and then oh he that 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 definitely means he uh wants you to leave him the fuck alone <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I got that much. and uh and uh <laughs> shelby just kind of laughs at that uh, as olga goes back to tending to the to the dugloss and she's like so what do you what uh what do you do? You you headed to one of the uh, guilds around here, like no, Restuary, I, uh, I know is up the way. Uh, no, I I've done some work with Restuary, but I'm kind of just out here looking for 
people who need help just see oh well doing my part um hmm well we both work uh well my friend here olga doesn't work for any of the guilds up here she's actually from one of the rider camps down here in the uh middlelands but i work actually at uh the hook and cleaver back in uh redemption i'm actually one of their uh one of their uh, one of their cleavers which is uh essentially like a fancy way of saying a magic chef oh uh, and we're we're doing a bit of a grocery run i guess you could call it it's more it's more complex than walking down an aisle like you might have done back in are you from the surf i shouldn't assume everyone's from the oh, surface no like, i'm a booglin i'm from my family. down here oh okay sorry well, i know it's a little hard, it's a little hard to see with the whole magic armor i mean i just assumed you'd been adventuring for a while so you might have yeah, that's that. I shouldn't make assumptions, you know. Look at me being an Olga, and Olga kind of looks up like, "What the hell?" <laughs> uh, but we are actually going to collect a few items for uh, the, the the day of descent coming up here. Mm. Uh, a couple a couple months from now, and I'm trying to practice this dish I want to present. But some of the ingredients we're going to get are a bit out of my purview. You want to tag along, or yeah, let's do it. I don't have anything cool. going on. <laughs> so yeah, you guys take off down. Uh, I, I, I'm, 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 I think they're fully game, especially Olga. Yeah. It's just like, fuck it. I'm just ready to ride. I will say Bugnacious so- is, be, given the nature of how my old group was thrust upon me, and I didn't mm-hmm. have to work for that one, really, mm-hmm. I'm, tr- I'm like overly trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm trying to win them yeah, over. No, for I sure. didn't have to win the other two over. We I were think, kind of thrust into this mission together. Yeah, no, I think they're just like, screw it. We're already lost anyway. We got to make a couple different stops. We're not going too, too far. Yeah. Uh, and so they, uh, you do you hop on the Dugloss with them if, as well? If they'll let me, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And you can see now along its back, it has like these section sort of spots with like varying saddle like connections and like there's not enough for three oh, I, I shouldn't two, need one two spaces I, like yeah. you can you could kind of sandwich in the middle uh we're we're headed to the uh uh the underwood first to pick up some things but then sweet i'm very familiar with the underwood the f- but after that then we get to show you some fun stuff and so they 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 pack up uh the rest of their gear onto the saddlebags of the dewgloss as you climb on uh in between the two of them and uh they uh olga reaches into one of the bags and is like i don't think i think you're you should be good your suit looks oh like yeah I'll, I'll be good wear these and, and and shelby's like oh right and she takes off these like small round glasses she was using and puts on these uh goggles that are kind of made out of the same material as like the creature that uh the wingsuit that olga is wearing and you see that uh uh shelby's wearing like a backpack situation but it's not like a backpack with like a bunch of pouches or pockets or anything. It's just kind of got one sort of seal situation, which you can kind of take a guess that it's like maybe a parachute thing. And she's like, do you, fl- I don't, I don't want to, do you need a parachute or something? Can you fly, climb? Uh, you- no, I'll, I'll be okay. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. Okay. And she's like, cause we got, we got an extra one. Just, okay. Uh, <laughs> and so, and so they, they pack everything up and you guys take off and immediately Olga kind of zips past, uh, another party that was coming by kicking up a bunch of dust as she travels up a wall and you guys go through a tunnel you probably weren't even paying attention to nearing the ceiling and this tunnel winds and you pop up out of another tunnel but not 
on the floor of the Underwood. You guys are where the Underwood, like the whole conceit of the Underwood. You yeah. are at the surface near the base of all these upside down hanging mushrooms. And it's it's pretty trippy. It might like kind of disorient you, but your suit kind of uh, allocates to the motion of your eyes as you're kind of taking everything in. And you see these like varying shades of like pinks and blues as you guys finally stop at this sort of base area near a particularly thick mushroom. And you can see some pittens already stuck in there where maybe they had come here before. And the dew glass kind of hangs right over uh, underneath it. And you guys take a... Uh, take a, a rope down and they start to tie things off as you start to collect mushrooms. And I, I want to show off because I have spider climb. I want to show off and mm -hmm. just like walk up and down this tree without needing their rope or anything. Like I'm oh, definitely be doing me, it a lot quicker say, than I would say, give me, give me a body, give me a body roll for that. one to See if you show off well enough or if you fuck it up, I'm going to, I'm going to make you roll on uh, this. That's so far eight. you've just been yapping. As an eight on the body roll, yeah, I'd success. say, yeah, yeah, I, I'd say you, you, uh, they, they start setting up this rope to climb down, and you, you just kind of like scuttle off on your own, off down this brand, uh, this uh, stalk of this mushroom, and begin to leap effortlessly for a little bit. You kind of stumble off of a bit of the spores left on a couple of the bottoms of the caps of these, and you catch yourself before it looks a little too, and you see them kind of, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Like not like crazy like whoa they're not throwing you apart of it they're just like cool yeah. all right uh, didn't really uh, Shelby kind of pipes up didn't really tell you what we were looking for uh, that I I am just grabbing shit definitely <laughs> that's fair. I'm just like bringing no, her totally like fine. a handful of stuff just being like give is me, any of this what you needed yeah give me no 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 give me a mind roll to see what kind of mushrooms you start collecting since good. you don't really know what you're. Yeah. Ooh, boy. That's a six. <sighs> okay. So I think after like a little bit, uh, you see them setting up like these little like, uh, they have these weighted rope bridges that they throw from cap to cap of these different mushrooms and they kind of like monkey bar style climb to these different areas. And after like an hour or so, you guys collect a big basket each on your backs of these different mushrooms. And they have these sort of beige and kind of like oranges and these like, sort of like denoting kind of like, okay, these are sort of culinary application mushrooms. These aren't like super crazy. You come back with the brightest, most insane basket of neon mushrooms. There's a few other ones peppered in there that might be edible, but they are so buried beneath a lot of these like trippy mushrooms. And Almost Shelby is like, uh, and, and Olga's like, oh man, you... You always tell me I'm not supposed to collect these ones. Yes. This is awesome. What kind of mushrooms are these, dude? And Olga just grabs a handful of these mushrooms and just eats them. Oh, shit. And, and Shelby's like, ah, ah, and you see, like, the color leave her face for a second. And she's, like, pulls this book off of, like, a little, like, side pouch she has on her thing. And she's, like, flipping through it and, like, trying to, like, stop on each page and look at different mushrooms. I, so, good news. These are edible. <laughs> So I did good. They're not necessarily cooking per se. These are like maybe you want to put a creature to sleep. These are not poison. Maybe you want to. <laughs> well, poison is subjective, right? Like you're sleeping because of the poison. You're not necessarily dying because of it, but 
I I take a few and stick them in my pocket for later. I I was just about to say, I I tell you, uh, she was going to say, I tell you what, and she's like going through the book, not that one. And she takes this, as she pulls it from your hand, it almost looks like the Mario like one up mushroom, but like hyper realistic face on the base of the stalk of this mushroom. And the white portions of the like splotches on it are flashing these hypnotic colors every now and then. And it's just looking at you like, and she just throws it across the fucking don't eat that do not eat that you don't it's not a good it's not no it, it's not a good trip it's it trust me that's the kind of trip that'll make you reevaluate adventuring <laughs> that's the kind of trip that'll make you really get into pottering in your 40s like this it, it, you don't want to go down that road uh i had a buddy he he tried it once he's a plumber now boo i was waiting for someone to say something about it but yeah no uh you guys kind of gather these up and you see uh as you guys are having this conversation olga is just sprawled out on the base of this mushroom cap making spore (laughs) angels and her eyes are like just like trippy sort of like spiral patterns and colors as you guys sort of collect olga and their basket of actual edible mushrooms she checks off this thing in her list she's like all right so i mentioned this part was the easy part the next thing that we're doing this part is a little a little more difficult we have to i guess some of your mushrooms might come in handy, but i don't really want to risk it we've got to catch something alive specifically can't kill it We've got to catch something, though. It's an ingredient that I'm trying to... I've been looking for and tracking near the Underwood, and I'm thinking if we if we could maybe... I don't know. You see her kind of scratch Out with the back it of her head. The hunting man. The let me, let me, let me see some of the mushrooms that, that, that you pocketed real All quick. Right. And she takes some of the mushrooms, and she pulls out a little mortar and pestle and creates like a little quick... Sort of this like really like metallic magenta powder, and she kind of puts it into a little pouch and ties it off with a bag. If all else fails with what we have planned, you throw this at the thing, and potentially it should go to sleep. All fine, no problem. All right. right? These aren't the terrible, crazy trip your balls off, go berserk mushrooms like the one you almost ate. This is this is just ooh sleepy. I'm a little happy, right? So it's uh, it's called an omu thrice, and she reaches into her bag and she pulls out. Uh, it's it's like a guild scroll, mm-hmm. sort of like a wanted poster situation, and it's like what you can see. It, it looks literally like an egg with a crack in the center of it and two stark yellow eyes. That's all you see. All right. And she's like, this. It may not. It, it may not seem. Like it would hide very easily amongst a bunch of mushrooms, but it moves incredibly fast. And so even if we did stop it, if we stop it too quickly, we could kill it, right? So we want to try and ease it into maybe some sort of trap or into a corner or something and subdue it in some sort of way. And that's where that little baggie you got coming. Me and Olga will try to chase it out if we find it again. We last tracked it here to the Underwood when we were searching around here, and I think this could be... This could be a make or break for so my So since I so it's, have spent extensive amounts of time in the Underwood, I am familiar yes. with these, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you would be you would be familiar with the I would say the Underwood in this sort of thing. You've seen you wouldn't have seen maybe in your necessarily tracking in that you were looking yeah, for but it, I'm but you would sure have seen I've it seen in passing one. and known of yeah, exactly. So you 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 kind of share this information that you are in fact a ranger yeah. and like have tracked around these ones. She's like, Oh, this is perfect. Okay, so we're gonna go set up uh 
here. And she hands you this, uh, it's a, uh, the, the, the little bag that she tied up cool. with the magenta powder and this tiny whistle. And there's three of these little whistles. And it's like, uh, this sort of like distorted bird warble. And it's like, we're going to go to different corners of this area that we've already fenced off. And we're going to wait. And we're going to play these, or use these whistles periodically. And hopefully attract it to. And she's like, da, 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 da. And she's got like a quick sort of like diced mushroom salad that she had been preparing. Uh, she's like, I'm just going to leave this here. It lives in the fucking Underwood. I'm sure it'd love a tasty snack, right? We start calling it out like, hey, there's food over here. Oh, and she blows into this thing. And it's like the worst, most auto-tuned bird whistle you've ever heard. Like, It's real like Travis stuff. Scott falling off the stage in auto-tune. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to make that reference, but I didn't. Okay, perfect. Yes, you're in my mind's eye. Yes. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, but uh she's like we're gonna set up it might take a little time but i I, i'm i I don't know i think we i think we cross paths for a good reason i think i think i think we've got i I think it's better with more numbers i think that's our biggest plan because Dewglass isn't gonna help. Dewglass is hanging out. And you look up, and it's upside down, literally eating mushrooms and like mm-hmm. some of the downy grass, just fully ignoring the whole scene down here, waiting for you guys to come back with like a rope hanging down from it. Can't really do much with him, but with you, somebody who's a seasoned person, somebody who knows these woods, I think we might have a shot. So go ahead, and I'm going to say this one would be body, maybe. Give me a body roll. Oh, I guess you're persuading it. You you could do either body or or soul. Either one. I'm gonna do soul then. Yeah, because <laughs> you're trying to attract this thing. I guess I can see a, a call for that. That's a ten. It's a ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys wait a couple minutes after after setting up this little uh, sort of like leaf based trap and like one of those rope snares and the mushrooms and y'all are waiting and periodically doing the call and I hope to God you put that Travis Scott noise a few times. <laughs> 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 And then suddenly you see, uh, you see some of the uh, further back mushrooms from where you guys have set this up starting to sway, like moving, mm-hmm. like something in the distance is coming in this direction. And these larger mushrooms that are hanging down are swaying. That's pretty. That's pretty strange. And I think you even see Shelby from her vantage point, and Olga kind of look like, uh oh. And they look at you and you see it break through and you see that pair of stark yellow eyes and a large egg-like mass sort of peering between a few of the mushrooms in the most, almost like it appears and then shifts behind another mushroom and it pounces out and what you see is quite literally the same thing you saw crudely drawn on that guild flyer. A creature whose body is mostly comprised of the shell of what appears to be a bluish white off colored speckled egg with a single centered crack and two stark yellow eyes peering out of the center and uh, four stocky, almost hand like legs comprised of yellow sort of blotchy skin and scales clinging to the head of the mushroom that. Uh, the pittens and rope that you guys had climbed down, well, that Shelby and Olga climbed down with. And it steps out, and it's about half the size of the mushroom itself. So it's pretty pretty big, like a lot bigger than you guys were expecting. And it sort of sniffs the air for a bit 
and peers at the pile of mushrooms and climbs over and it looks it doesn't seem to have any sort of other means of sensing outside of the sort of centered face or lack thereof that you mm-hmm. see and it appears to the left and right before it begins to slowly peck and nibble at and you see a a, a thin orange beak uh, coming from the shadow of the egg itself and begin to eat some of the mushrooms and Shelby looks to Olga and Olga nods and pulls this rope and you see two of the four legs get caught in this uh, rope as you see Olga not let go of the rope but start to descend down to the floor of the uh, underwood as this thing is now drawn up into the air uh up near the base of the mushroom where the pittens are and is now dangling and thrashing. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I'm going to uh, use my spider climb to climb up to it and throw that powder in its face and its eyes. Hell yeah. Go ahead and give me uh, give me a body for that one. That's 11. Hell yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. No, you, 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 you heard the rules. You, you're, you're going off the fucking fumes of trying to impress your new friends and you nail it true. You climb up the stalk of that thing. You sort of jump off and Jordan style with the power of your suit, reach out and flick the sack of satchel of powder into the center of this egg like creature's face. And there's a puff of sparkling pink as it thrashes about and eyes you for a second and it its beak sort of snares out at you but you deftly use your spider climb to get behind the stalk as it bites a chunk out of the mushroom before it slowly starts to lose its its fight its give and its second legs that are free go limp and shelby in a in a, a different sort of mood is like fuck yeah like immediately <laughs> yeah. like the most excited you've seen her this entire time and you hear Olga at the bottom did we win yeah we we, we got did, it fuck yeah and <laughs> <laughs> Olga yells a celebratory fuck yeah as you all share this high five moment and uh, Olga begins to uh, with two you see hand axes climb her way back up the uh, stalk of a mushroom growing underneath and hop to the rope that was dangling down and join you all to secure this Dugloss. It's about, it's about two Olga's big. I'd say if Olga's bigger than both you and yeah. Shelby, it's about two Olga's big. This thing's pretty big huge and it's definitely going to take some doing, but uh, they call the Dugloss down and you guys tie it to its tail as you guys, uh, as you guys share this moment of like, Victory, there's like adrenaline in the air and, and Shelby and uh, Olga are just like super excited and cheering as they're like kind of packing things in and uh, Shelby walks up to me and she's like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what sent you, but thanks, man. This was impossible the last few times we've come out here and done that and it's amazing to think what one person could do. Well, I'm, I'm just glad I could help. Definitely. I mean, hey, uh, you know, I you, I don't know if you're working for, like you said, you, you have some affiliation with West, Restuary, but if you ever want to come stop by uh, the Hook and Cleaver, I'm more than sure uh, Sean wouldn't, or Master Sean wouldn't mind you coming in to try some of the food we, we make. I, and she kind of, she kind of like nervously blushes a bit and rubs the back of her head. I, I, I don't do friend stuff. Olga just kind of forced me <laughs> into this and... 
we're cool and I, uh, I love Olga so much. Yeah. But just I uh, she, uh I, I I try to play it cool. I'm just like yeah, if, if I if I you know have time, I might swing by the hook and cleaver. Uh we'll we'll, we'll see. I I I I'll, if I if I can make time, I yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be there. From, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> Olga uh, is throwing a bag over across the dewgloss as she has just finished tying up the uh, the omuthrice to its uh, the hindquarters near the tail, and she just kind of like does like a. <laughs> And's like doing like one of these numbers, like where she's like just twisting her fingers into her cheeks, like at both of you. You guys are friends. You guys are gonna hold hands sometime. Maybe even share a snack. What is it? Celery and peanut butter. <laughs> is that like a, is that a just joke like, about me being a bug? Is Shelby's just like what? Is that a culin? Do you think that's a culinary thing I make? Shelby's famous celery and peanut butter. But you think I go out into the wilds and look for peanut butter and, and so- yeah, ants. <laughs> And she just kind of turns back to you, still a little flustered, but like the tension's cut by yeah. <laughs> this weird off joke from Olga. She's just like, "Yeah, man. I mean, I don't mean to brag, but I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the worst chef. Let's just put it as that." Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> and y'all share a laugh. Uh, as uh, Olga's like uh, Olga whistles to uh, the Douglas, and it kind of turns and, and hops back onto one of the newer installed trails. As you guys make your way back to uh, Redemption proper, and I think I don't I don't have a way to denote this, but I think you could count these two as my posse, new friends, new posse. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't know necessarily new posse, but these are definitely people you could count on. Since you've scratched their back, they're definitely going to be willing to scratch yours in the future. All right, so. From there, we're going to move down cool. now to Eldrick oh, for neat. one of your... Things were a little tense with some some, uh, some old friendship yes. business with you and Bagan. Absolutely. You, you've recently made new friends with some people you've never met in your life before and went on a life-affirming sort of world-saving mission with them. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what, what, is, what is on Eldrick's mind right now? So uh, Eldrick, I think through his experiences with the group, did find a little bit more confidence. So, you know, before he wasn't very like confident in his skills. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't really great around people. Uh, He wasn't a real people person. He was very kind of anxious and just to himself, Mm -hmm. um, very nervous. Um, I think he becomes a little bit more, I would say, uh, intentional in, in what he's doing. Um, mm-hmm. so I think after his meeting with Bagan, and I think, uh, you, you might have to remind me, uh, I lost that, that dragon chess game, correct? Yes. For no, the first in that, time in that... ever. I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think that exchange was kind of an eye opener saying like, okay, I can change, but so can he. So, so can Bacan, uh, Bagan, mm-hmm. and he, he's changing in ways that I don't know. Um, m- my first, Eldrick's first thoughts, I would say, is he needs to get the upper hand on Bagan in mm-hmm. some form okay. or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know we're going to meet again. We both know. It's only a matter of time of when. Mm-hmm. Um, Eldrick 
is going to search, begin his search for um, a swordmaster to oh, shit. learn. Not where I thought this was going at all. I thought you were like, <laughs> yeah. okay, no, but yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah. So, so I think El- Eldrick is, is he's kind of gotten by on his, like his barbarian esque, uh, you know, ways just rage mm-hmm. and, cleave and hack and slash through things um in a tizzy um Mm -hmm. i think he wants to become a little bit more refined um and a little bit more intentional on his uh, maneuvers and his attacks and what what he wants to do so i think that definitely that's definitely something you could do uh what did you have a place in mind you wanted to search for this potential sword trainer sword master i think I think I would just go off of rumors, really. Just kind of work okay. a couple of jobs me, through like different guilds. Give maybe. me a no for sure. No, I, I wouldn't yeah. even. I mean, we can play it out like that, yeah. but like, give me a soul roll to see if you could put your ear to the ground and see if you can like talk to some folks and see if you hear any rumors of a potential sword mm-hmm. master or something of that nature. Oh, not a good start. <laughs> Oh, okay, not bad. Uh, so I rolled a one and a six. That's seven plus two, nine. Nine? Okay, yeah, that's a success. Uh, I think it takes you a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still new to the different areas, and I don't think you're, like, spending too much time in any given place. Yeah. Uh, you're asking around in a more seedier mm-hmm. bar-like areas, and, and maybe even some of the freeholds, like, you're not necessarily sticking to city-wise. Mm-hmm. You're just looking for somebody who can train you. And I think in doing so, you stumble into, uh, you end up, you you end up, like, I I think your last stop mm-hmm. is the hole. The hole? Okay. Yeah. I think because of it being such an elusive place, even though it is in uh, Redemption, mm-hmm. it is... It's not necessarily a well-known tavern. There that's are not other where I would go throughout. initially, like thinking to yeah, find that's a swordmaster. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think it leads you to this like sort of shadier like place of like the 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 forgotten and the sort of like destitute hangout a lot here. Like people of people on the fringes of society hang out in the hole, and like people who do mercenary work that isn't guild sanctioned. Mm-hmm. People like the Johans of the world. Yeah hang out in this area and i think as you're asking this amongst different people because you like you said you got this newfound confidence you faced you faced some stuff that people only have nightmares about Mm -hmm. so you're not necessarily going to shy away from a from a fight or from a a a potential fight at least Mm -hmm. and you you make your way through here and there is a uh there's a gentleman sitting off in the corner uh wearing this hooded robe you don't see any of his facial features but he's got his hands clasped over a uh a tankard in one hand and loosely in the other hand he has a rapier sort of balanced on the ground Mm. and as you're kind of he hears you sort of talking it up with a couple of the Mm bartender like the bartenders and the uh, wait staff and stuff and i think he he doesn't say anything to you or draw your attention, but make a mind roll for me. Mind? Ooh, that's my worst. My worst one. Uh, not bad. Ooh, eight. Uh, another nine. 
another nine. Mm-hmm. As you're walking by, you see his hand move to toss the tankard of whatever fluid is left in it in your direction. What okay. do you do? Um, you you notice it just as it's about to happen, so the liquid is in motion. Yeah. Is he like th- is it being chucked at me or is it like You can't tell that per okay. se, but as you are walking by to sort of ascertain some stuff from one of the uh kind of bus boys types mm-hmm. cleaning up on one of the tables, he sort of clumsily tips this tankard over and it's going straight towards your boots. Mm. Can I I don't I don't know uh if, if this is possible, but can I it's not like a bullet like time, a, man. You can't yeah, stop yeah, yeah. the water. It's as simple as: Are you going to try to like, oh, stop your your yeah. your, your your movement, or are you going? No, I was going to try to do the, something cool, but uh, I was going to say, I, I, yeah, you're not you're not on some fucking Dante's Inferno okay. ass fucking Dang. crazy okay. nonsense. All right, um, like the video game, not the actual yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, or poem. Sorry. I think uh, Eldrick will uh, just kind of sidestep. So that and he the, doesn't sidestep the the tankard and the the liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 kind of stop your forward progress as you see this happening right as you're about to walk through that path, mm-hmm. and you stop and sort of look in the direction of that. And as you do, you don't notice uh, when you turn your attention to where the liquid is coming from. You have to stop because your chin meets the tip of a rapier. Oh shit. <laughs> And you hear a voice from under the cloak. You are asking an awful lot of questions for someone with two swords perfectly set on that hip. Uh, I think you missed a sword. And I'll, like, shift my uh, cloak to reveal the third Vorpal longsword. That's usually hidden, but the two uh, two normal ones will normally... I think uh, you, you you see him sort of, like, eye it up. And you hear him, <laughs> I've got two weapons too, you know. And he, I'm going to need you to make a body check as he a takes, body? yes, as he takes the tankard and swings it down to the top of your head. Okay. Oh, oh not good. Uh, six, seven, uh, ten. Ten? He got an eleven. You are sort of distracted by him trying to sort of boast yourself as he sort of taps you on the top yeah. of the head with the tankard mm. and your chin lightly t- lightly kind of like nudges the tip of his rapier. And he's like, yeah. come with me. And he just gets up out of the booth and walks out the door. Oh, shit. I'll, I'll follow. As you follow, I'll, make a... I was impressed. I'll, I'll <laughs> as follow. you follow, make a body check. A body? Yes. I can't tell you how I've literally rolled a one on each one of my like <laughs> uh, six plus three nine. <laughs> nine. Yeah. No. He. As you're walking out the door to follow him, he cracks you in the face again with the <laughs> with the tankard. <laughs> Rule number one: If you're going to master the sword, you've got to understand that there are people out there who've mastered far more than that damn weapon. You're thinking too, too literally. You think someone's just going to stroll up and teach you the ways of the sword. You, I have a rapier. You don't have a rapier. But that's not where you need to learn. 
You're a big guy. I could tell by your swagger and the way you walked in there. You've been in a fight. Doesn't mean shit if a chair comes at you or a bottle or liquid, right? This is true. It's not a rhetorical question. You can answer. Yeah. Okay. True. True. So what you need to focus on is less of the fundamentals of this sword mastery, as you call it, and more of distraction and deception. Mm. I see. Your enemy knows you have a weapon this moment you draw it. They don't know what your plan is as you sit and calculate. Was there uh, some wise words? Right. I'm too so fucking smart. Again, are you pre- <laughs> so he's like, I ask you again, are you prepared? And he twirls the tankard in your face on his fingers for something like this. Hmm? Go ahead. I'm prepared. And he just, he opens his robe up now. And as he does, you see his he's penis. wearing like... <laughs> No, <laughs> he's wearing his pants. He's wearing he's wearing just simple common clothes with like a leather yeah. breastplate, and like at his hip he has another, uh, another rapier that you see now, that he also flashes mm-hmm. that seems to yeah. almost give off. You know when you see like dry ice in a room, there's like this fog mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. cold air. Yeah. That rapier seems to give that off as he flashes his ropes. He's mm-hmm. like, go ahead. Swing with your swords. See if you've mastered them yet. And this uh, continue. And you, you. I, I'm not going to make you roll for this. I think yeah. this is sort of like the beginning of you guys's training as mm-hmm. he teaches you that as he begins to show you effortlessly dodging each of your blows. You go into a rage state as your barbarian thing. Mm-hmm. He's dodging these magic weapons and blocking with this tankard, and you're realizing that it's not about. It's, it's it's almost as if he's seeing you before you make any moves. And mm-hmm. over time, as you guys begin to train, I'm going to get, I'll get a body roll from you now for like the overall okay. training thing. Please don't fuck me. Oh, not good. Uh, seven. Seven's not bad. Seven's a mixed success. Uh, I mean, the cusp of mixed success, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think over time he starts to teach you a- a- as you are, as you're learning these different uh, techniques from him, he doesn't ever once use the rapier in an offensive thing throughout mm-hmm. this training. He's teaching you that if purely you are like, defense. yeah, he's teaching not necessarily purely defense, but mm-hmm. uh, almost like disarming your opponent with the actions you take. Like mm-hmm. he, he knows you're not going to have a tanker, but you do have your sword. So he's teaching you mm-hmm. these different deflection techniques and these different techniques of like, if you are disarmed, how to quickly, replace that sword with the other sword in your hand to kind of keep momentum mm-hmm. and you're you're picking up on it slowly but it's just not quite clicking in yeah. your mind yet that mm-hmm. uh this the like the, the your, your your anxiety your like the the, the very mm-hmm. thing that is like hard built into Eldrick is starting to manifest mm-hmm. in yeah. these training sessions which like you've never experienced that when you're in fights sort of mm-hmm. as far as i could tell through Eldrick's sort of way of being mm-hmm. When you're in combat, that's when you're focused. But facing an opponent like this who doesn't fight in the traditional sense of how you would expect mm-hmm. someone to is mm-hmm. off-putting at first. And you start to pick up yeah. on these things. And then finally, it's on sort of the like last day of like a month of this training. He, mm-hmm. he, he, he's sitting with you. He's like, we are, we're not very different. 
I'd say. Eldrick, and uh, by this point, he told you his name. I forgot to say it earlier. It's uh, Damos, Damos Shedwell. And Damos. you notice his features John now. Damos? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Damos Shedwell <laughs> is the name of his character. And he has sort of like similar features to you, but like humanoid in that like he has scales in like various portions of his cheeks and near his eyes. Mm-hmm. And his eyes have a like reptilian sort of like bent to them. And he doesn't quite have a similar, he has a more reptilian nose in that it's flushed to his face. And mm-hmm. he has these very ostentatious sort of braids and tattoos and things like that. And you're sitting after a training session and he sort of looks at you. He's like, I... I once thought that power in the physical sense was my way of making it through most opponents, most problems, most adversaries. And I, there were no fancy guilds in my days. We, we were mercenaries. And we did things for money, for fame, but... All of it was to build a reputation, to build this thing bigger than yourself, to build to build fear in the hearts of your enemies and awe in those who looked up to you, to make them feel something before you got into the fight. I hadn't harnessed that, but my group, my team, we, we were known to... We weren't someone you'd fuck with, is all I'd say. Uh, and one day we we got a little too big for our britches. We thought untouchable types, right? We've got the weapons, we've got the goods, we've got the money, we've got the name, but we faced an opponent who didn't fight under these pretenses. A single man beat five armed swordsmen. And he was drunk the entire time. And he continues to tell you this tale of this drunken master monk that killed his party and left him in a state of needing to be cared for. Are you predicting yeah. what Carveth is going to do at the end? No, 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 no. I'm, Dude, I'm, the drunken yes, master monk. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm waiting for that alcohol and fuck the switch again. Let's go. He tells you, he tells you how Master Hung taught him the art of distraction and that it's all well and good to be ready for a fight, but everyone knows how to hold. A lot of people know how to hold a sword. A lot of people know how to hold a shield. A lot of people know how to protect themselves, but what people don't see coming is the unexpected. And this is when he finally is like, all right. And he stands up and he pulls out his swords here. And he hands you his regular rapier. Feel this in comparison to your sword. Light, airy, nothing to it. It's like an extension of your hand, right? But for you, this same sword that is heavy in my grasp, years of working and doing things. And he's flipping it effortlessly, but he's like, Mm -hmm. it feels like an extension of you as you use it. When you fight an opponent that tries to dissuade you, disarm you, keep your mind off of the focal point of the fight, that's when you are lost. But if you are that distraction, you can throw them off their game before you even lose the fight. And that's what I'm here to teach you. 
and he he goes through these different techniques and he as as you guys are training together you start to pick up on this pattern of like it's less about you thinking in the moment of what Eldrick should be doing or what how how Eldrick should fight with him and finally starting to feel you know this you, you, a... yeah it, it, it's coming natural to you to just yeah. like as he throws an elbow where you thought he would pick the sword up you turn off of that hit and reach out with the sword as he mm-hmm. comes up for a headbutt with the rapier at your throat you twist to the side and collide with both of these swords and the swords almost feel like uh, a natural part of your your body at this point as you guys have been training over this over the course of this time and that's when it happens he's finally not holding back and fighting with the swords but in still this distracting sort of manner where he's dragging Mm -hmm. these rapiers these light sort of feather-like swords at his sides and he comes rushing at you and something in you just tells you not to move and you just hold the swords aloft and bring them together in your hands oh (laughs) And that's when the swords combine. Yes. No longer is it a sapphire longsword and a topaz longsword, reminiscent of your dear friends who got you started on this adventure in your life. Now you hold in your hands a longsword of dazzling gr- green gemstone with flecks of light kind of refracting off it. As you hear in unison their voice speaking in your head, you've got this. He rushes you in a flurry of blows that you haven't seen as you see him in this moment almost smile. This whole time he's kind of been this gruff hard ass on you, but mm-hmm. as you guys are having this final bout and he sees you kind of owning this moment, he's shocked that you are now fighting him with one sword as he was. And you deflect each of these blows effortlessly and come with a flourishing spin and stop at his neck. As he looks up at you, the swords are nowhere near you. You've knocked them clean from his hands and he smiles. I think you get it now, kid. I'm thinking you're ready. You didn't need a sword master. You needed a good kick in the pants. And then he too disappears and becomes a sword. (laughs) He's like, but holy shit, does your sword normally do this? And that's Uh, when he, as he says that, you kind of like (laughs) come out of that trance-like state that you've Mm -hmm. been in and you look in your hand at this, this new thing and you, uh, you realize without even trying, you've summoned up this, this power in that, like you freed yourself to the dance that is combat and this sword has been manifested through this sort of almost primal ritual that you and him have been going through over this, the course of this time. And you're holding in your hands no longer, uh, I forget it. I think it's Sapphire's edge and Topaz's something, but now it is Malachite's mercy. Yes. What's going through Eldritch's mind right now? Uh, mainly just bewilderment. Uh, I'll, I'll try to talk to the, the two, in my swords Mm -hmm. Uh, they speak uh, as one entity when you do try to contact them they're like mm -hmm. we are we are them but also a little bit of you this isn't just us doing this you did this and i i'll be honest whether it's will or some sort of faded thing I'm thinking we could do a lot of good work with this.
We're going to go on to Kornoth as the final one, just because yeah. like we established so much in the last one. It's not so much that I'm like putting your story on the back burner oh, and all, yeah. but like you got the gem, you got at least one of your yeah. gems. You got a portion of your family back. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it lasts, you've had growth, it very... my guy. Like what, what, what is next for Kornoth? So what is Kornoth? Um, I know we touched on it a little bit at the beginning here where we talked about mm-hmm. potentially purifying the gem and whatnot, but like, so he's, what, what is his priority is getting the remaining gem. He does want to purify them, but that's so far away from what he's done before that. Like mm-hmm. he wants to get the artifact fully restored and then he would want to purify it. And also it, I think his approach is going to change. He spent years researching at the restuary and mm-hmm. it. T- he learned a lot doing that, but he never got mm-hmm. any closer to the gems. He was finally able to get a gem by just going and beating the crap out of bad people. And so... <laughs> but who would have thought, you know, like right. not no, to like... like it, so for him, it just it seemed like the the thing he took away was mm-hmm. that his approach. He was so worried because like his whole life was very much so built around this notion that like he wants to honor his ancestors, but he thinks they were wrong because they took such a brute force approach to things. And he, because of everything that happened, like he was able to reconnect with his family, like. He made more progress by just being a little bit of a brute and like being okay with that than he did in, in the years he spent reading and learning and like mastering all the magical arts and stuff. So he's kind of shifted where he's like a blend of both is probably the actual right approach. So mm-hmm. uh, I imagine uh, him, have you ever seen the beginning uh, deaths, uh, the beginning part of uh, Deathpool where he's looking for Francis. De- Deadpool? I think I know what you're talking okay. about. Yeah, okay. Ba- oh, I, basically, I was thinking it was like maybe an anime or no, something. No, 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 no. Basically, he is going to uh, murder a lot of people. <laughs> like, he's, he's going and Yikes. like, wait. Yes. So like, He's going because the restuary at its core is getting these getting artifacts and stuff. But not every artifact is owned no, by no, a no. person or no, no, no. He's specifically going after the ones that are being smuggled, like are a part mm. of like underground, not stuff where like they're artifacts mm. that are fully lost. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you have to go stuff through that they know temple. is like floating about, yeah, that has like been either stolen he, or like he has specifically decided that he is going to try to tackle the illegal market of these okay. uh, things. So that's something where it's like that used to not be something that he was interested in because he didn't think that's how he would get the gems. The first gem he found mm-hmm. was this shady dude who had corrupted it or whatever. <laughs> And so in his head, he's like, I I obviously still want to retrieve mine. I don't think the answer is in a book anymore. I think the answer is beating think, the crap I think out that's of really smugglers. Good. No, no, for sure. I think uh, tying back to uh, the mission that kind of set this sort of mindset off. Yeah. Uh, 
you you speak with Kama about like you know wanting to be more of an action oriented thing and like you haven't had like a set role in Restuary yet so she's like you can I mean you can be a Delver if you want and actually go out to the field and do this stuff uh I uh I tell you what it's not necessarily an artifact you would be recovering however a misuse of potential magic and or an artifact. Uh, you remember the means by which uh, the group broke into uh, the Hands of Progress, right? Uh, the purple fire, crazy yes. explosions. It turns out that there might have been a middleman who provided those explosives. And whether or not they know where they went or if that was tainted by what I can assume, what we can assume now is the dealings that Siegfried had. The point is someone supplied them with explosive devices, whether those are artifacts or magical by nature or amped up by some of Siegfried's work remains to be seen, but we have a tip of a potential person dealing with explosive adjacent things hiding out nearing the second layer just off the outskirts of the underwood in one of the varying tunnels leading to the lower area there is a system of tunnels that the booglin blocked off long ago when there were some disputes between them and the surface dwellers and uh since then a lot of them have been cleared but one remains clear uh, uncleared with very little known of how to get in there but there is there have been some some rumblings of adventurers and other types trying to get through there with a bit disastrous results. If you could potentially see if there's some kook with a bunch of dynamite holed up in a hole somewhere, or some rogue wizard who's just trying to plot some sort of terrorist sort of threat. I don't, I don't want to say that loud, you know? I don't want to get everybody scared, but it could be bad, or it could just be a guy who knows? Some guy trying to mine. There's gold in them tunnels, he thinks. But I think this would be a good lead, both because of how close you are to that mission. And I think while I can't involve you with what we are dealing with currently, uh, you this will keep you sort of in the loop, as it were. I believe Not putting you on an errand. No, no. You, you, you I believe this is wise. And I, uh, Ooh, I want to, are we going to get to see, and Gene Han pipes up, are we going to get to see an explosion? <laughs> I like how Gene's just like yes. a baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Gene Han. No, he's just, he just hasn't done anything outside of restaurant. I, I figure within this time too, mm-hmm. he's also, he's also been enrolled in like helping you with your research stuff. Like he's not a dullard. I don't want to give that impression, but he's very excited about everything. Jihan, we are going to see a lot of big explosions. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. uh, And Kornath like flexes his gauntlets now with a little bit more energy than they used to have. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's taking a very different approach to life after 
the events. Not that it's a better approach. It's just a different approach. No, no, I get what you mean. So you guys, after getting briefed with that, and Kama kind of gives you a, like, it's not a a mission proper, but she sends you like a note of some of the information she relayed to you, uh, to your Arclight tablet. And you and Jean Han set out to uh, the Underwood to start looking through some of these out, uh, these uh, uh, tunnels that people hadn't explored for a while but people are exploring through now with with what with the trails and everything mm-hmm. but uh specifically this one is sort of ducked off in a corner nearing the uh back half of the underwood and uh you guys take this uh path off to the side and go ahead and give me what would that be i guess this is, you're looking directions and stuff using your brain go ahead give me a mind roll i don't think you use your body to fucking Ten. look at a hole look in that hole Gross. <laughs> yeah, ten uh, on a ten. You guys, you for the better half of like, uh, I'd say an hour, you spend looking through these varying tunnels, and then you come across one that has the telltale signs of the Booglin sort of ceiling of these sort of threads of this gossamer, uh, uh, pink and teal colored uh, sort of like silk like bindings that almost look like you know when like people stretch sugar to make like taffy. It looks like that, but like real fucked up and hard. Uh, and you find this area and there's like clearly a smaller sort of hole portioned out for a smaller body. And then like you can tell that some of this has been haphazardly put back up like maybe it could be open further. And you, you it, it doesn't take too much with your gauntlets and everything. You just kind of tear back the thing. Uh, and as you peer down this hole, you can see not the Booglin strands, but faintly as you use i'd assume like some sort of light to check down the tunnel thin strands throughout of of some sort of wiring just like in crisscrossing patterns and stuff like that uh if you would like you could either do a body roll or a mind roll to try and assess what these might be. Uh, well, a body roll would be trying to shimmy past them so, and like not even assess them. A mind roll would be trying to t- check out what it is. So the difference in his approach is now he's, go- he's going to use his mind to figure out what it is, but then he is going to like, once he gets that information, uh, mm-hmm. he'll try to solve the problem with a brute force approach rather than like some kind of clever whatever like punching the wall at the right spot to make the fucking all of them activate while he's not like while he's safe oh i get you yeah 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 okay so that's an 11 to determine like what these are Ooh, 11 okay yeah uh on an 11 i would say you see uh as you peer down into it you can see these are indeed threads almost like fishing line like some kind of like really wispy like slightly opaque uh, uh, cord tied off to varying chunks of stone and stalactites within this tunnel and nearing the end of the other side of that cord you can see what appears to be a uh, almost like a kunai mm-hmm. or like a small dagger and a sheet of paper with a um, with a rune drawn on it what languages do you speak um, if I remember correctly it's giant dwarvish and common giant dwarvish in common i'd say it, uh, you with the giant for sure you can see that this is the giant's rune for fire okay so uh 
presumably there's some kind of area where what you can see on an 11 because that is a full yeah. success these strands are not individual they are tied and pinned down with these different varying uh knife points onto varying papers in this sort of crisscrossing pattern to where if you know how to travel through it and are small enough you could probably easily shimmy your way through it but if you hit one it will trip the entirety of okay. this hallway and how far away is that glyph i'd say from where you're peering in right now about 30 35 feet okay uh so his brute force solution is he wants to pick up a, a large as possible boulder as he can and mm -hmm. hum it directly at the glyph because if it's fire it will so what his in his head i get what you it'll hit the strands which will activate it but then the fire will blast the boulder but then the boulder will hit and destroy the glyph that's what he's mm -hmm. going no. for which is like he picks up a you. massive yeah. give rock me and uh hurls it give me a body roll all right that is an eight so mixed success eight yeah uh, you throw it and the rock hits, uh, it hits the edge of the thing, knocking the knife out of the wall and the paper falls. And as it does, you see a huge fireball erupt right in that spot and it rocks and it goes up the, uh, chain of the tunnel and you see all of these things go alight as fireball, fireball, fireball goes off and, you were standing at the entrance of that as a column of dust and pebbles and rocks come blasting the opposite direction as this air is quickly jettisoned out from the explosion. And you kind of hold your gauntlets up and are hit by these rocks and kind of cut up a bit. And Gene Han kind of steps behind you with his staff in his hand. And he's like, you weren't kidding. <laughs> and you look back and you definitely have like rocks lodged in your face. Oh. Like, I know we don't have HP right yeah. now, but like, no, yeah, you took some damage. No, yes. Like, but. Uh, he is pleased with himself because he knows he mm -hmm. would have spent 30 minutes, like an hour trying to fully comprehend this whole mechanism. And he solved it in 30 seconds. As you kind of look back with like a little, a few singes coming off, Eugene Han kind of looks at you and he's like, do you, do you think, and, and now I'm not, aren't we looking for some, someone or a group potentially of someone's, do you think that if they're in there, they definitely know we're out here. Right? Oh, so yes. Do we need to sneak? Can't we just like walk? I'm done sneaking. And he activates his gauntlets. Oh. And um, he just fucking starts uh, sprinting, like full fucking Goliath sprinting. Um, yeah, no, with I, his think, glowing, like, I think it's reminiscent of like how moles tunnel through the earth. As like these huge gauntlets as you're just ripping the wall wider and running through this section into what you presume to be uh, 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 wherever this location is that Kama was saying that this person potentially was hiding out. And as you make it into the center of this place, you you can see these soot-covered walls. And Jihan's kind of just trying to keep pace as you're like just tear-assing through it. Like a, a very different yes. vibe of Kornoth. I like it. I like it. But uh you enter into this uh, small chamber and there is a table flipped over facing you with its base. Uh, there's a few uh, papers strewn about the wall, but no 
considerable traps and you don't see anything. You can see like vague scorch marks of the last few bombs kind of entering this room and like the front of the table is a little burned and like singeing at corners. But uh, give me a mind check. Uh, that is an 11. An 11? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. Good rolls. Uh, you can, you don't, while you don't see anyone, you can hear faint uh, uh, whimpered breathing in the room. Whimpered breathing? Yes, whimpering. Okay. You're looking around and you can see past that table and there's no one behind the table, mm-hmm. uh, but you can hear within this chamber, cower, like, almost like cowering. Okay. If you reveal yourself now, I shall not harm you. If not, I make no promises in your fate. You, you, there's a silence and you hear if you listen I'm I'm not there's a lot of there's a lot of us here there's so many of us we're in the walls you 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 set off my trap but you don't seem hurt you you better get out of here oh yes and he kind of and, and, and the voice leaves that was like it doesn't leave like yeah. it leave the room, but like it it goes silent. I'm going to tell you now. I do not consider that revealing yourself. You get one more try, <laughs> and then things are going to happen. And I am not promising those things will go well for you. I'm not selling any more of this stuff. So if you hear about. Um, if you hear about the hall. I want Kornoth the- to absolutely fucking destroy this table in front of him. Just absolutely, like, use the gauntlets, charge them with magical energy, and just punch them to just, like, decimate. Like, he's trying his best to disintegrate this fucking table. Mm-hmm. Give me a soul roll as you are trying to intimidate this entityless voice. Uh, nine. God, nine yeah no he uh you <laughs> you destroy this table and then just behind this table you don't see anything as the as the dust clears but you see a slow puddle starting to form right behind where the table used to be is it piss <laughs> it's piss oh is it really <laughs> and yes and, and, and you see and, and as you see uh uh uh, this invisibility drop and there is in front of you a tiny albino kobold with a braided beard with w- many wicks braided throughout the beard that are kind of they seem to have been recently like snuffed out like you can kind of smell smoke on them but uh, he's wearing overalls and he's got like a, uh, a like three compartment panty, fanny pack and uh, he's just looking up at you like his life just flashed before his eyes because where your fists are still laying in the ground, he's mere inches away from them. Right. Ah, that's perfect. Okay, so Cornas is going to... A wise decision. Now, I would like to hear your side of the story, but uh, my friend here is very good at detecting truth. Don't lie and to Jihan me. And pipes up. Y- yeah, I'll I'll know. I'll know if 
don't know if you're lying. I'll know that. Better not. Otherwise, my hand's going to touch you. My friend's going to touch you with his big hands. And he's just, oh, okay. Uh, uh, you, you, I, I, message rece- received. Listen, I... If you, I, I know I said that stuff about not selling. I, I you can you can buy some of my works if you want. I just please I I these and he reaches it like with one hand still up into his fanny pack. It's just that here and he he passes you like a small stack of those little uh, papers with the fire runes on them. And he's like, I also have uh, 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 these, and you can tell these are like mm-hmm. uh, artificers like crafts of like fireworks and pyrotechnics and things and like that explosion that left the soot and stuff in the hallway was like the only big bang he probably had on it. Right. He's like, I I I I, I make I make fireworks. I make thing I, I made some for these people that gave me specialty it was a commission job. If you need that, that's gonna be time. I know you, you but you've broken my no, table. I can't this work isn't- if I don't have you have misunderstood why I am here. This is not... I am not interested in your runes. I'm not interested in upending your business. I'm interested in the fact that a bomb you made was used to steal an artifact. I have a particular egregiousness to having artifacts stolen. You have offended me personally. Now, I, you are going to help me prevent this from happening again. Say, you see him as, he, as you say that genuinely look like shocked and kind of confused. He's like, they, this? And he lights one of the, 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 the like bottle rocket-esque sort of dra- draconic like head-like things in it. And it explodes into like this rain of like sparks and stuff like that. And he ties one of those papers to another one. And he does it again. This is... This is what I make. I've never made a bomb. I mean, that in the hallway, that took days. And that was the only one I have. Why? I didn't make a bomb. I've sold people some of my works. Some of these fireworks, some of these scrolls. They gave me, they gave me uh, uh, some supplies to use, like special papers and special, special powders, but... Uh, Kornoth uh, wants to... Describe to him the exact manner in which the uh, vault was. I don't even think you have to. I think you could pull up the. Oh yeah, like the video itself on your ArcLight tablet, and you would show him that, and he sees the work, and he can recognize the signature of his magic faintly on this. But he's like that. I... Whether or not and intended, kinda... you have become involved. I need you to help me uninvolve you. Um, okay, okay, uh, and, and he, he stops for a moment, and he touches a hand to, like, his temple, and you see him kind of, like, look off in the middle distance, and then, like, his, the, like, even though he is albino, the color leaves his face, and he's like, um, uh, yes, everything you want to know about this, I, I, yes, I did sell someone these, I, uh, it's it's a lot I didn't know anything about this and I have no way of selling you on whether or not that is truth. You know you know nothing of me. But I I can't talk 
one second. And he murmurs under his breath really quickly with his hand on his temple. And he looks back at you. We have to, uh, we, we should, we should have this conversation somewhere else, right? In a different location that is safe for both of us. That's not my lair, right? You, 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 you and your partner here have the upper hand. I am an old man with fireworks, but uh, I have a, a partner, my, 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 my sort of uh, uh, associate, he is my, uh, he's the muscle, and he got tipped off when the trap you sprung uh, happened, and he works for an even scarier guy than him, if you can believe that, and I would just like to not be here when he comes back looking for it. I know he'll be looking for me, but I think he might be involved in some way with what you are asking me. Oh, really? This is not a by-choice situation, I can assure you. Okay. Uh, if you, if we could just no, no, this leave here so you yes, this and is I a, are, this is a good plan. You hang out he here. Just, um, no, 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 no. You hang out here. Hey, he, he stops. He's like, please, and he uh, moves a big t- uh, tapestry from the back of the wall, and he knocks on a stone a couple times, and this sheet of rock just slides away to another hidden tunnel. And he's like, we can get out through here. The big one doesn't know about this. Uh, yeah, he's a good close quarters combat kind of guy. And you with those big gloves aren't going to do well against him. I don't I don't see that going well. And I don't want any bloodshed. I apparently broke into a place I've never been. This is all a lot. Let me ask you this. I'm very scared. This is a very simple question I have for you. Would capturing this partner increase or decrease the likelihood of getting... The results I'm after, as you see more to be a fireworks man. I that is what I thought. Jean Han, get in the I, tunnel. I, I with mean, him. I, we can. And he pushes them both into the tunnel and shuts it. it Jean Han kind of just like pushes him with his staff. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's just and, <laughs> shoving him into the tunnel. Uh, because so, like I said, he is now approaching things in a brutal way, but in a smart way. Um, this is kind of. This is more going back to D&D stuff. Um, He is also capable of making glyphs. Um, And there's only one entrance to this place. So he is going Mm -hmm. to glyph the ceiling, floor, and both walls with explosive glyph. uh, And have them trigger based on if he snaps his fingers. I got you. Okay, and yeah. he's just going to sit in a chair I would say that, looking at the entrance folded, just waiting for this tough guy to show up. I I think it's a few moments. And give me... No, I don't even think you need to give me that. You start to feel the atmosphere of the room that you're in. Like the air almost feels like it's getting sucked to the center as... A rift opens up and a portal appears in the center of the room. He's going to counterspell it. Like this, uh, I, it's very hard for me <laughs> to like <laughs> give me no. give me a contested give me a contested mind roll here. I got to pull up this guy's character sheet real quick cuz I didn't expect you to Yeah, no that works. I get I'm sorry. It's just like uh 10. It it's very hard to play this out mechanically cuz basically he just has that na- 
He just has a grab bag of spells to amplify his new brute force approach. Six, he got an 11. So you go to do the counter spell, but I think the Arcano you used in setting up the glyph sort of thing, it kind of caught you off guard as you were setting up your chair to get ready. You, you turn to do it in that moment, but the portal's closing in that instance and standing with his back uh, facing the hall as if they were like expecting you to be running the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. You see uh, with a top knot and shaved sides, a red skinned gentleman with uh, lightly sharpened ears, uh, slightly short of stature, but very stocky sort of corded muscle standing on these sandals that have very tall one centered points that come to them in the begin in the middle, almost like uh, Edo period uh, Japanese shoes, but they're just on one stalk that he's standing on with this metal grip that clangs to the floor as he steps out of the portal. And he has lightly armored plate over him in the style of uh, what you might recognize as a swordsman of some kind, but nothing you've seen before. Uh, and he has a large sword at one hip and a slightly smaller sword at the other side. He turns to you and you get a good look at his face now and you see it as a hobgoblin. Uh, red skinned, except for his nose, is a bright stark blue, uh, almost like pig-like upturned with slight tusks. And he has these cold yellow iris with uh, purple pupiled eyes. And he turns to you and with one hand on the large sword on his hip, he just kind of cocks his head to the side. And then he smiles. Holy shit. I cannot believe it. I recognize him? No, you do not. But you get the sense of him doing that, that he definitely recognizes you. And he starts to, like, laugh. Like, belly roll laugh. Like, almost like guffawing. He's holding his stomach. And he wipes a single tear from his eye. He's like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's very, that's very rude of me. To, to enter a room and, <laughs> mm, uh, this is just, this is rich. Um, so I take it you're here because of him. And I know he's probably invisible somewhere, so I just pointed in a random guessing spot, like he might be a prisoner or something. The small one, right? Accurate. Gucci, he says. What have you told this guy? And, uh... I'm assuming there's no response. He, yeah, they, he, yeah. Did they leave, leave, or are they just hiding in the tunnel waiting for you? Uh, they're hiding in the tunnel, but Jihan. Yeah. I'm assuming Jihan I mean, would let him like respond because. I think, yeah, I, I, if, you, if, yeah. if you gave Jihan specific commands, I think yeah. there's nothing. And he's yeah. like, mm. No, okay. he is not here anymore. He warned me. He was like, oh, uh, there is a very scary man coming and all this talk of uh i you 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 misunderstand i i thought this was just run-of-the-mill adventurers or maybe you know boogling types or wild animals coming in that it happens but this you kornath it is so great to finally see you in person where's the rest of the uh the party you're bugnacious you're speaking Eldrick. as a very tough man, so I'm quite confident you'll survive this. And he snaps his fingers to activate all four glyphs. 
Holy shit. <laughs> oh, um, this hmm. guy's acting way too how, confident. No, no. I, and Kornak no, I, I, I is punishing him for it. I, I don't know how. I don't know how this would work in terms of this sort of play style. So I'll just roll body to see yeah. against a mind roll for you. So okay. Oof! I actually rolled not great. Nine total. Nine total. Mm-hmm. But with four glyphs, think, even not going well, yeah, he's no, still going to do a no, lot for sure. Uh, I think as you snap. This explosion goes off and you kind of shield yourself with your gauntlet as you sit in the chair. And there's this moment of silence as like rubble and stuff is starting to collect and fall at the entrance. And uh, you don't see him. But then you hear, now, is this any way to treat someone who's brought you into their home, into their, their little hideaway as a guest we can save a lot of time if you tell me how you found here and why you're alone and then i'll tell you exactly how i know you and your little friends you notice though that he did not mention jinan he just mentioned you bugnacious and eldrick by name um so does it sound similarly to whenever it was the other guy who was like invisible? Like it, it sounds like he's just invisible somewhere in here. Yes. Okay. Yes. You can, you, you can tell that he is. I have somehow. This is another thing invisible. where it's like, I have, it's hard to fully do this without, I have C invisibility. Okay. That I didn't so use give me a, because Yeah. Yeah, give me a give me a mind roll to see if you can perceive him. Because even if you can see him being invisible, right, he could be still potentially be hidden in the room. Right. Uh oh, that's bad. Six. Wait, I'm sorry. Seven, because it's mind. Yeah, you can't quite with the still sort of echoing from that backing mm-hmm. tunnel of everything kind of collapsing and kind of cracking and settling. Uh, you can't quite pick up on where he is with it. Mm-hmm because of all the dust in the air. But then uh, you hear a whooshing, and I'm going to need you to make a uh, body roll, okay. a contested body roll. He just rolled a 7 plus 4. That is oh, good Lord. a 11. Uh, I rolled a 1 and a 2. So I got 3 plus 2, 5. Rolling real bad. <laughs> you As you're like uh. peering with the, your, your eyes sort of like we're going to go this, rescue like, Cornoth, magic around them. No. Uh, having this haze of, of, of magic around them, a uh, the hilt of a sword crashes into the temple, uh, into your temple. And uh, you kind of stagger back into the doorway of that uh, hall. And he goes, now listen, you aren't my priority, Cornoth. I was hoping that you would have brought Eldrick, I'm just gonna. I'm just going to. Um, Eldrick sneezes. I was gonna tell you this. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna tell I don't you give this a shit about you or that bug. Uh, I. He. I know this guy's a bad guy. I'm trying to establish you. Sorry. It's okay. Oh no, no, no! It's my race. I made them up. I can say that. You can't. No, you're totally good. The thing I was gonna say is, um, like, I don't know if that. Like I said, I don't know if this is the right approach. Kornoff is changing his approach. Um, he's not having a conversation anymore. 
Um, mm-hmm. He is going to fully charge his gauntlets, like the overclocking where it hurts himself. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And punch this guy. Use that, like, teleport step punch. No, do it. To, yeah. Fuck uh, yeah. Punch the, this guy. Your eclipse in, breaker or whatever. Yeah. In the back. Like, or, sorry, like, not in the back. Like, both hands, like, down. Like, like you did okay, teleport. Yeah. Give me... Yeah, yeah like me, he killed the leech with. I'll say for this, since you're pumping the charges, give me a mind versus body roll. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. No, you. He he clocks you in the head, and you can see him in this sort of like stance as he's getting ready to lunge back at you. But you, like a boxer, shake it off, bring your hands up, and just appear in front of him and bring an elbow into his solar plexus, and then a that charged fish straight to his gut Mm -hmm. as he goes flying back into the wall and all that rubble begins to pile on top of him. What do you do? Um, I, uh, the rubble's like falling onto him, right? Like some of the rubble begins to fall on him. Not like enough to like bury him, but like he's fallen back into the pile of rubble. So rubble is going to fall loose as he falls into the rubble. He, he springs up in a way that you weren't expecting. And, uh, that's when you notice there is a shield tied to his back that he hasn't used, but he begins to spin on the ground on this shield on his back and brings one of the swords at your ankles. Like he hops in such a way that he literally B-boy style starts spinning at you with this sword out. Like it's not an orthodox fighting style, but this has become the theme of most people you've encountered fighting so far. <laughs> okay. Uh Oh, this is gonna be awesome because I'll actually get to I'll get to use one of my tattoos in a and like non-conventional he, way that is fun. As he pops back up, he's like, "No, that's the kind of stuff I want to see." And he fucking jumps into the spin and he brings the sword after you for. Go ahead and give me a well, body roll. Hold on. Oh, this is. I think I'm going to need to roll a mind because I'm going to activate oh, okay, one of my new body tattoos. Yes. Uh, Oh shit. One of my new body tattoos allows me to go ethereal for like a minute, three times a day. But I'm not going to use it for the full minute. I'm going to use it for this attack and then I'm going to jump in the air etherealy, then re manifest and fucking smash him with a charge. I don't even think you need to uh, roll roll me that mind. I figured mine just to like see if I'm quick enough to actually. Oh shit. That's 11 on the die, so 14. So actually, I don't even want to jump up. I just want to turn Ethereal as his blade like would connect. And then as soon as his Mm -hmm. blade is through, punch him in the face like physically. Fuck yeah. So he spins at your ankles with the sword out and you go Ethereal and hop up. And he got a a seven with the dice. Uh, So he definitely missed that. And uh, as he he spins, thinking he's going, uh, going to get the upper hand with this distraction, you... You fucking Danny Phantom, you go ghost and you fucking hop <laughs> up ghost. and uh, become solid in, uh, or, or take physical form in the air and clasp your hands together and bring them down for like a sort of haymaker smash on him, <laughs> like a turtle on its back as he ugh, coughs like uh, a mix of air and uh, spittle out of his lungs then, as he was not expecting I want to put uh, one of my very large Goliath feet on his large blade and look down at him and like, I am no longer the Kornath that you've heard about. I don't have nearly the patience. You get one chance. I'm not after you. And he just looks up at you with the boots still on his chin. He's like, oh, but I am after you, my friend. 
with specifically your friends. And he points a fist up at you and you see this gold insignia ring on his hand. And that's when you realize through a discerning arcane eye and working with restuary that he is wearing a spell, uh, a, a spell ring, like one of those rings that can store spells within it. Mm -hmm. And you see the ember of a fireball beginning to form. Give me a mind, contested mind. <laughs> oh, there we go. Here's good rolls. Um, uh, 11. Wait. Yes, oh, you, 11. 11? Mm -hmm. You just beat it by one. So he points the ring oh. up at you, and the fireball is starting to form in your face, and you just kind of... Oh, this is beautiful. Blow it out. <laughs> uh, so and he's like... He, I want him to grab it with one gauntlet, and he says... I think someone else might need to talk to you. And I want to try to knock him out with my other fist. <laughs> with my other okay. Get, this is going to be contested. This is body v. body to see if he can handle the hit. And I'll be honest. This is his, body is his strong suit, if you haven't noticed. Um, that's 10. The dice are saying otherwise. I got two fours. Ten? Yeah, two fours plus two, 10. That's four plus seven. That's 11. He... uh you hit him and he doesn't go unconscious, but he slips in that moment of the punch from your grasp of your other hand and is now kind of standing. <sighs> Listen, we've had a lot of fun, but I'm going to ask you one more time. Where is Eldrick? Man, that was a lot of fun. It sure was cool to see what these characters were up to. I do hope that we'll get to see them all together soon though. Maybe that'll happen soon. Who knows? Bugnacious, Corneth, and Eldrick will return to the MCU soon.